You're listening to a Morley Radio production. Hello and welcome to Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. And this is a community-based podcast that will be used as a platform to raise awareness and talk about social impacts and local trends that actually have an influence on our everyday lives. Good afternoon and welcome to the third episode of Powered by You. My name is Zeno and I'm your host. For today's episode, we'll be discussing the topic of money management. Before I start, I do want to say that I am not a financial advisor, so please do your own research. On that note, I'd like to say, I'd like to introduce our guest. We have Saeed, who's a local member of the community. Thank you for having me. And we have Carl, who works for an organization called MyBank. Uh, absolute pleasure to be here. How has that been? How's your week? Busy, quiet? Um, so yeah, I've had I've had quite a busy week. I'm I'm not usually as busy as I have been. Uh, I've been to a funeral this week, which was quite unfortunate. I'm a Man United fan. I've watched my team draw a game they shouldn't <laughs> lose, and I've been quite busy at work, which is which is actually a good thing being in lockdown because we haven't been as busy as we should be. But good week, and uh, I'm here today. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, well, we've got Man United's got another game, so I am looking forward to the weekend. But I, I'm I'm sort of a positive mindset human being. I look forward to every day, so that's kind of how I, I see life. Fair enough. Well, what are you saying? What are you saying? It's been a quiet week, just, you know, spending time with family. Just came back from abroad, so. That bonding time. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, I was working abroad, actually. Just came back recently, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. So, um, if you just, if you can tell us what it is that you do and how you do it, um, just for us and the viewers, they can have a better understanding of who you are. Sure. Uh, absolutely. So, like we said earlier, the organisation I work for is called MyBank. MyBank teaches financial education to young people all across the UK, starting from the young age of five up until 25 in a variety of different capacities. Uh, one of the main things that we do, we go to lots of different schools. And like I said, from from a very young age, and we also work with people organizations local authorities we work with sometimes sports groups and we work with like care leavers so the team that i'm in works mainly with people looking to move on from semi-independent living into independent living and as the day goes on we'll have a deeper conversation about that Ah, okay how long you been doing it for you know what i've been with my back now for like it's either five or six years if you count the time i was a freelancer for them right right there you go is there anything that made you want to do it Oh, that's a good question. What drove you to actually go into this field of work? Good question. So I used to work for another organisation and my bank came into that organisation and they'd done a workshop with us and it was called The the Motivator, which was looking at your little bits of spending. So one of your non-essential items that you buy, looking at how much it costs, times in it by how often you buy that item and how much it costs you throughout the year. And the item that I chose was kebabs. I used to eat a lot of kebabs. (laughs) And I didn't realise how much money I spent on kebabs. So at the end of it, it told me like two and a half thousand pounds a year goes on ke- specifically kebabs. For real. And just working with the organisation and realising that they do financial education for young people, which I didn't think existed. I didn't think we do anything in schools. And learning that an organisation like that exists and knowing that I've done some great things with money and some terrible things with money, I, I want to be part of the organisation and-, and help the world. So that's kind of what yes. why I do it. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. You know what? None of us are perfect. When yeah. it comes to money management, I can't say, you know, my one's on point. Sometimes I've had days where I'm I'm great and sometimes I don't know what I'm doing with my paycheck. I'm the same to this day. Even though I work for a financial education company and I'm talking about it every day, I still make like financial mistakes. 
Exactly. So that's with these episode topics, you know, we're discussing money management. This has been selected by young people. So they're the ones that said we feel like we want to highlight money management as being an issue mm -hmm. for us because some people don't have their priorities straight. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can unfold certain things in this discussion that we could actually give out to people any cool. information that might be useful to others. And Saeed was saying that he was abroad as well. Mm -hmm. And a big thing does happen when you go abroad. Uh, your, your money does change. You don't know how to save up for certain things. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how we're going to start looking at managing your finances because it could you could potentially be good at financial management mm -hmm. and that's great. Or you can be terrible, but then you'll be facing different obstacles in life. You could potentially face eviction. You could face, uh, you name it. Yeah. And hopefully we're trying to raise awareness. That's all it is. Cool. So you don't fall into those predicaments absolutely so when when i say money management what's the first thing that does go into your mind said when you mention money management tend to think about maybe saving up i mean it is necessary for survival especially living in london i feel like money management is a very important thing so yes being able to save up for a rainy day making smart decisions for your future so thinking in the long term not only in the short term so what about you? How would, would you class yourself as, how would you rate yourself in terms of your money management? Uh, like you said earlier, no one's perfect, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have some good self-control. I'll say that. So, no, I see, I see you got some lavish stuff, man. What do you mean self-control? You know what? Hey. Sometimes you've got to treat yourself. <laughs> bro, you, bro, you got... <laughs> Don't act all humble on yeah. here. No, nah, but for real, sometimes we do have certain things that we want to get and we we pretty sure know that it's out of our price range at times. And how do you go on about that? I'd say, like, like I was saying, you, you've got to treat yourself sometimes. I feel like if you've worked hard for your money, you should be able to spend it how you want. But at the same time, you've got to spend within your means. So although you do want something, you've got to think, think smartly. Yeah, that's true. But I wish it was the case for everyone. If they would implement that, it would be a different world. But some people don't have that. Uh, mentality so they don't implement what you're saying so you mentioned having an emergency fund is that really important if you're good at money management I definitely think you do in life you never know what could happen especially if you have uh, family and people that you look after so you need to be able to be unemployed for a certain amount of time and uh, or maybe anything could happen maybe an accident or an emergency you need to have something there that you can fall back on that's true. That's true. It yeah. depends. But okay, what about Carl? So I want to ask you, um, what is a good amount of money to have saved for a rainy day? Especially if you're living in London, you're a young adult. Because this question can differ. You can be a young parent or you can be just a single person. You, you know, that's actually a good question. And I've, I've never been asked that question before. So I'm answering this sort of from... Carl's point of view, not from my bank's point of view. I think if you have enough money saved to cover your life expenditure for two or three months, then you've got enough savings. We, we all live very differently. So if my outgoings is only £500 a month, I only need £1,500 to survive three months. But if my, my outgoings is £10,000 a month, I need £30,000 to survive three months. So I always think a good amount of savings is basically being able to protect yourself for at least three months because things can go wrong mm -hmm. and you might lose a job or a stream of income and then you've got time to rectify that if you if you can cover it for that period of time. But that's, that's kind of what I think more than anything else. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. so three months 
worth yeah. of savings that would be cover your expenditure cover, cover your outgoings what, what would you say it's essential because we're, at this moment we're looking at money management as a survival mm-hmm. skill yeah mm-hmm. I, I think to go back to something yeah. you, you said how how do you see money management basically yeah what comes into your mind when when what? we say money management first so, thing over the over the years it's kind of changed so when i was a lot younger it was all about just making sure you only spend your money on sensible things that's good money management um, if you're ever buying yourself something lavish, you're making a mistake. That's kind of what my brain used to say when I was younger. As time has gone on, it's more about budgeting, making sure that you have enough money for the things that you want. And also, and this is something that I've realised, the younger generation has learned a lot more now than I did when I was younger, knowing where to put your money, knowing how to invest your money, learning about finance. So it is something that when I was younger, you would never hear me say. Like, I, I didn't think we were able to invest unless you was a particular type of person. Now, you can invest no matter, very easily, no matter who you are. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah. you, okay, I, I get what you're saying. So yeah. you're saying it's more accessible and things are not, they're not as private as they used to be. Yeah, or, or, or maybe they was never private, but we just used to think they were private. But mm. now we're, we're learning so much more because you've got organisations like MyBank that will go into schools, that will talk to young people. And the conversation is not just happening in households. It's not just happening on your financial channel. It's actually happening in our, our schools across the country. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So so you make sure that you tell them ahead of time. So do you actually tell people to build more streams of income or do you not? is that not an area of focus? I think what I would, in, in my job, I would say we don't tell anybody to do anything. We advise on what the what, what the world is like as you grow. That's the right word, advise. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we advise. <laughs> we advise young people on what the world is like um, as as they grow and sort of different things that they can do in order to protect themselves from the worst happening, from going broke, from being in debt, from going bankrupt or whatever it is. Our job is kind of to give them a knowledge they may not have. Do you ever come across young people or just... Uh general people with the public being bankrupt because when we hear the term bankrupt we always link it to celebrities or big businesses in my, in my time working with my bank i've never worked with a young person that has said to me they are bankrupt um i've worked with a lot of young people that say they are broke and yeah. sometimes they're not actually broke they oh, what do you mean so sometimes they're actually broke sometimes people just don't have as much money as they want to have and they will classify that as being broke having no money so in other words, you're saying they don't appreciate what they already have in a way. No, 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 no. I, I, don't, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to say that because I think that's kind of putting a, a negative of, on their thinking. I guess what I'm saying is that when in the society that I think we're in, when people don't have as much money as they would like, they feel like they, they are broke. So yeah. I mean you can you can look at it as they don't really appreciate it, but I don't want, I don't want them to think like that. Because then um, it's kind of it's kind of not helping them to progress from that. If that's the sort of thinking that I put into their minds, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But like we said before, yeah. um, there are first world problems. Yes, one hundred percent. So how do you tell a young person? When we say young or young adult, up to even the age of thirty, sometimes, yeah. how do you tell them your issue is not that deep? <laughs> like um, relax that, that, you know what very, like very very good conversation to have so I've worked in two different parts of my bank I worked in what's called the education team where we would go around into schools and I think when we had those conversations in the classroom it would be a lot more gentle 
I wouldn't be so like deep into the conversation. It'll be very generic. Um, I've now moved into a team called The Money House, which is a five-day program where young people will come to uh, a, a flat that we have in the UK. So we've got uh, different flats in different boroughs. Uh, and they will come and do a level one in money management. But we're working with young people sort of 16 to 25. And that's when we can have those conversations by saying, look, the situation is not as deep as, as how you feel about it. And there are different approaches that you can take to this. So don't be, don't be too stressed out. And those conversations tend to be very, very real. So, yeah. Mm, okay. Dep- yeah. It depends yeah. what part of the organisation uh, we're talking about. But in, in, in the Money House in particular... It's a real conversation. Lots of real conversations that we have. That's true. Okay, yeah. that's that sounds good. It sounds a lot of one to one, honest speaking. Uh, it's group work. It's group. So they they come in groups, but um, we do like I said, if if a if a situation is specific, we will talk very specifically to that person, and we have great conversations, man, and great debates in the room. So yeah, uh, what age group is that? Sixteen to twenty five. 25. So yeah. what about those who are older than 25? Because we know mm-hmm. money management doesn't impact that age range. It can impact anyone no. uh, of, of, of any age, really. No. So so, so my bank in general work with young people from 5 to 25. So what we're trying to achieve is getting to them before they reach the age of your 26, 27 to 30. Um, so after the age of 25, we tend to not work with people but oh, we're talking 20 years they got to get to us so there will be a chance for them to work with my bank before they turn 26 to 30. Okay that's really good that's really good so what would you call bad money management in your eyes that you've seen firsthand? You know you know spending money that generally is going to cause you harm so Saeed was saying earlier that it's okay to like treat yourself and I'm not I'm not against that at all but if we're talking to young people and they are choosing to say, I'm going to go out with my friends and I'm going to take some of the rent money <laughs> to go out with my friends, this is going to cause you a problem later on down the line. Um, so we tend to sort of look at bad money management as spending money that you do not have and that is going to cause you a problem. So that's so not, not large amounts of spending because if you have lots of money and you can afford to spend lots of money, then nobody's against you spending your money. It's when it's going to cause you a problem. So okay. that's when it enters into bad money management. So does you, would you say living with parents mm-hmm. helps you with money management in terms of having someone there telling you what you're doing isn't pro, not appropriate, but mm-hmm. it's not sensible how you're spending your money? Because you always get you know them moments. You're always getting told off. Yeah. Oh, why are you buying this? That's stupid. Yeah. You're silly. Yeah. But then when you're living independently. Yeah it might be a different story because you don't have someone there to pull you up on what you're doing or how you're spending your money. So my question is, would you say it's easy to live as to live independently as a young adult in London? Um, from a personal point of view, I think living in London is quite expensive. It's hard all around for parents, for the younger generation, for, for pretty much everyone. But you, you ask the question, is, is living with your parents, will it help? It all depends on your household and sort of what financial education is coming out of your household and what you're taking into your reality. So living with parents can help, but sometimes living with parents might not help. They might get you to spend money in a way that that is detrimental to you. What you reckon? Depending on the household. Mm, Yeah, yeah. depending on the household. Because I feel like it's learned behaviour more so than anything because you're most likely 
uh, spend money in a similar way to your parents yeah. and what you saw growing up. Like what would you give an example of uh, uh, situations? I can't give a specific specific example, <laughs> but uh, generally, yeah, it's because uh, financial education is an is an important thing. And but we're not taught it in school, though. That's yeah, and that's the issue. I my understanding is that it's deliberate, because I feel oh, like uh, a certain class of people are are usually the ones that, like Carl was saying earlier, we're not we thought we've always been taught to think that uh, certain people invest and maybe people who are working class, for example something they tend not to do but i feel like in recent times it's something that people are looking more into and trying to learn how to handle money because it is a very important thing that's interesting that we're not taught it yeah that is true so that's the thing with money management they always teach you how to maintain your nine to five job is that why not teach you how to increase your stream of income and work towards financial freedom if that's the case of avoiding those difficult times well, well, I think basically this is why my bank was set up. So my bank is a charity that's basically trying to bridge that gap. And the idea of it was to go into the education system. So when I was younger, there was no organisations like my bank coming into my school. But now there are so many schools across the country where they are getting financial education. It is now part of the national curriculum. It might not be what they learn every single year throughout the year, but to have people come in and talk to you about finance is now part of what the education system does. And my my bank literally was designed to try and help young people with that. So that's why the organisation exists. Yeah, the, the organisation does do great work. I remember doing yeah. some workshops when I was younger myself. What, with my bank? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I didn't realise that. Cool. I was, what, it was, uh, how old was I? I was around 18, 19. Okay. It was years ago, years ago. They do Unidosh? It was looking at different stuff, for example, yeah. how to pay your council uh, tax, what it means, okay. your bills, what they look like. Ah, money works. Was that money works? That sounds like a money works program. Yeah, what your NI about. number is. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basics of yeah. when going to the real world, how to identify what, how and a letter uh, should be read yeah. and what it means and, and yeah. stuff like that. So that's that was a good thing that I think young people should continue to yeah. learn because so many people especially when you're saying you support those who are from cared uh, supported accommodation yeah and they from there get end up getting their own housing yeah some of them don't even know how to um pay rent or yeah. even pay their bills yeah. and you've got different kind of bills you've got your yeah. water bill you've got your gas electricity and tv license tv license mm-hmm. and all these things and unfortunately because some people don't know how to go on about these things they end up facing eviction yeah uh, have you heard of any stories that unfortunately some people didn't find their way through yeah so basically um statistics say that one in three care leavers in the first 24 months will face eviction without intervention so when you get organizations like my bank coming in before they move into independent living what this does it gives them a lot of knowledge that they wouldn't have had so when they come across a problem they know how to deal with it so being, I moved out of my parents' home when I was 17. I moved into my own flat a couple of months later and I was 18 years old and I didn't understand all this stuff. And th- this is what attracts me to working for my bank so much is there were some things because I didn't understand, I didn't respect. So little things like paying my council tax, I was like, what do I get in return? I ain't paying that bill. Now, if I would have had an organisation like my bank come to me and tell me what effects this will have on me, actually I would have I would understood that paying your council tax is not just giving money to the government for them to do what they want. 
they actually use all this tax money that we always complain about to do good things for the country. And that knowledge has changed how I feel about taxes. I'm not going to say I love it, but I understand <laughs> what taxes are doing. And when you watch young people go from hating taxes to understanding what taxes do, it changes how they feel about paying these bills. So that's why I think it's like a, such a good thing that we get to them before they're moving on. Have you, have you ever come across um, someone that still doesn't understand, even though you've actually worked with them? I'll, I'll be lying if I said no. Of course, you, you, you will work with young people that will argue with you to the cows come home that this is not what the money is doing. And my, my job is just to tell them, this is what this is what the facts are. Take it or leave it, I guess. But I think where, where the conversations that we have, they're so real, it might start off like that, day one, day two. By the time we get to day five, people don't want to leave. And people want to have more and more in-depth conversations. Because I'm not here, working for this organisation, to pretend to you life is a bed of roses. And that conversation means young people want to ask those real serious questions. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what's your view on this whole concept of living independent? Because you've actually said before we started that you went abroad, coming back. Yeah. Is, is um, Did your money management skills end up changing um, or getting better? I feel getting... like it's, when it comes to money management, it's going to be the same anywhere, really. The only thing that will change is, of course, how much is outgoing and incoming because... If you live elsewhere, I mean, living in London, like I said before, is expensive. But if you move somewhere else, you have more leeway with your money because you're not spending it. Maybe transport is cheaper or housing is cheaper, for example. So you'll still need to budget. But moving elsewhere maybe might help you to save more. I'd say that's one benefit. Yeah, like Carl was mentioning tax brackets and stuff like that. Certain countries you go to, the tax is probably uh, slashed in half. <clears throat> maybe or even tax free yeah uh, so that's one way of looking at it when you go for a certain job they say salary is x amount and then you look at your paycheck thinking nah it can't be <laughs> it, it said, <laughs> how is this it doesn't in the in the times it by 12 and you're thinking nah it said you know yeah. well times it by 12 is a mistake <laughs> and then you look at your pay- because <laughs> you're gonna get taxed and then you look <laughs> deep into your pace you're thinking all right then you got ni you got tax yeah. and then you've got student finance yeah. if you did go to uni and then you've got uh pension yeah and you're thinking oh no one told me about the pension because yeah, you've been yeah. automatically rolled into it yeah yeah so all these things so that's um maybe it's it's better to understand how things work from when you look at a job ad being advertised yeah. to you actually get your pay slip and then from there that's just the pay slip section yeah. then you got to spend that money <laughs> How are you going to spend that money is going to show how good your skills are with, with saving or your priorities. How, how So, so we, we yeah. have a whole section in the week where we talk about budgeting and setting a budget for the amount of money that you actually got coming in and where that money is going to be spent and then what you've got remaining. And what we try and tell young people is the amount you've got remaining is what where your main focus should be because the other amount is already spent in your budget. You can see where it's going to go. But it's that that leftover sort of income, that disposable income that you can use. I would say however you want to use, but that's what's got to last you the whole month until you get paid again or the whole week, depending on when you get paid. So those who are unemployed, Mm -hmm. so that's so those if you're working, it's a pretty straightforward process. Mm -hmm. Okay, you get paid X amount, you save X amount, and you try and make it last for the month. If someone's unemployed how would you explain money management to them? Because they're telling them, I'm broke anyways, to begin with. Yeah. I'm on survival mode. Mm-hmm. How would you address that? 
well, there's two different types of broke, I would say. So there, okay, there, right, there is, I am not turning to the government for any form of support. And there is, I am turning to the government. I am uh, receiving benefits. If you're receiving benefits, you're not broke. You, you have an income. It's just not as much money as people that are working. So the conversation kind of is the same, is these, this is where your money has to go and this is what you have left to survive on. And I also try and always get into young people's heads that you're not going to be in this situation forever. It, it will change. You will, you will go on, you will get employment and you will get an income. But while you are not employed, actually what you do have to do is bring back your spending dramatically because you can't spend in the same way. Okay. If you are earning no money whatsoever, it's all about who is supporting you. So are you living with family? How do you survive with the people that are providing for you? Yeah, you get you get sponsors, isn't it? Different kind of sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> what what are you call them sponsors like family members sponsoring family you. Family members, but then you get on Instagram, you start yeah. seeing people that have never worked a yeah. day in their life and they're going on these lavish holidays. Yeah. You're thinking, how? How are you going on these holidays when you never worked? But you, you, that, you that, get... is a, that is a question I would love to know yeah. the answer yeah. to. Yeah. I, it's like, funny I don't know anything. Huh? It's funny you mentioned that because social media is what skews a lot of people because you never know someone's circumstances. You just see what they post. No, but it's the location they're posting. Let's say you grow up with someone who's across the road from you. You've known them. They've known you. You're thinking, <laughs> yeah. I know this person. Is... Yeah, but... If they are working, they would be working at, you know. Yeah, because Carl's like uh, advising these these young people and they're looking at people on social media and comparing themselves to them where they've got nice clothes, maybe driving a nice car on a holiday all the time. And then they feel like they're broke when necessarily you're not. And you never know what someone's other, someone else's circumstances. So mm. you can't really compare yourselves to them. Yeah. So would you say yeah. music and social media influence people to actually become adapted to a certain lifestyle that they can't afford realistically? I'd be lying if I said it doesn't affect young people, but yeah. It def- definitely affects a lot of them. Yeah. Say a large majority. Even the fo- you know, I think even impacts um, the older generation as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't just yeah. say it's young people. Definitely. Uh, I think I'm 36. Dude. I think I fall into the older generation. No, no, no. You're still young. <laughs> I'm still young. I'm still young. I'm still young. I'm still young. But nah. I, I do think um, social media does influence everybody. Anybody that pays attention to social media is going to influence them in some yeah. kind of way. Exactly. Like yeah. you said, life starts when you're 40. Yeah, life begins 30. at 40. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need green. You told me earlier that the one he heard is life begins at 30. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm six years deep, if that's yeah. the case. <laughs> You're living your best life now. Um, you know? Yeah, well, I live my best life whether I'm broke or not, but that's a, a whole different <laughs> conversation. It. So, so yeah. exactly, with the whole point of sponsorships, yeah. um, I'm not saying like real sponsorships, but yeah. we're talking in terms of, uh, how do I say this? Uh, sponsorships in t- <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. You gotta, you gotta, nah, you like, gotta hit me with it. <laughs> we're in in regards to someone financing your life, and you telling others that it's you, and that's not the case. I mean, that that is that is social media playing its part in people's lives. If there are people out there who um have found somebody that will pay for everything for them, that's between them and that person. What? I guess my bank are doing for as an organization is always trying to focus on what we look at as reality, what most people have to go through throughout life. Because if if that wasn't the case, in, in our sessions, we'll be talking about people that are born into money and have a massive trust fund and they never have to worry. People 
um, that never have to work and um, everything is funded for them because their parents will just pay for everything. So if it's a case where there are some people who have found somebody that will sponsor them for everything they want to do and they want to pretend to the world it's all coming from them, there's nothing we can do about that other than try and decipher what is the truth from from reality. There you mm, go. That's true. Yeah. That's, so, um, okay, that's that's pretty much been... Um, <laughs> Nip to the butt. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so my other question to you is, you said you work with a lot of groups. Uh, what kind of demographic do you work with? And uh, more specifically, I'd say, do you work more with public schools than private or do you work with both? Um, we work with more uh, public schools, but we, we definitely do work with both. We, we, we work with, like I said, a variety of different people in society. So whether it's care leavers, whether it's youth groups, um, I have been to loads of public schools. I've, I've taught in Eton. I've had uh, really dog sessions nice. in Eton. Yeah, and it's like we, we try and work with everybody. People think that when you are born into a life where you have money and your parents have money, that everybody knows what to do with it. Not everybody still needs that education. If you don't get it, you're still going to falter at some point if you misunderstand money management. No, of course. Uh, 100%, I agree with you. And sometimes people that do have a large inheritance of wealth, yeah. they tend to have financial advisors by their sides if they don't know what they're doing. That's what I used to think until I've worked with some of these groups okay. and they might go and get finance advice later on in life, but in their youth, some of them, they don't they don't have it. So that's why the, the organisation that I work for, it exists for all. So anybody that doesn't have the financial education, we can be there for them in some capacity up to the age of 25. <laughs> so so if charity. someone comes to you, they're 26, what do you tell them? So, do you know what? That is, that, that's also a good question. So the first thing I'll do is turn to the organisation and feedback that the need for financial education is, is higher than the age that we work with. Um, and that is a conversation that the organisation will have with their trustees and see if we can, we can branch out. But do you feel like it goes higher than 25? Oh, I think... What's people, your opinion? I think my, my personal opinion yeah, your is... Personal opinion, oh, my yeah. personal opinion is so many people need money management. And and and, and the, the, like the age, for me, there is no cap. What I would say is when you get to a certain age where I think some people need money management or financial management is teaching it to the, the younger generations and talking about the mistakes they made. I will talk in my sessions all the time about um, the mistakes I've made in my life. I'm not. I don't shy away from them. I talk. I'll tell them, and I tell them exactly why. Okay, you're very transparent. What? Try to be. So, if you had to say, <laughs> what's the worst case scenario of money management that you've seen? Oh, I don't I'm know. Sure, there's a lot. I don't know. I'm gonna keep thinking. Don't don't let that question. Yeah. Don't let that question go off. But let, let me let me keep thinking. Go on, what about you, side? What 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 is so? Um, I don't know. To be honest, the. The, the the worst I've probably seen is someone just living week to week. I haven't seen any disaster scenarios. No, it's not. It hasn't, like, okay, <laughs> yeah. No, because I've seen some people that really, not, it's not some. One person, for example, mm-hmm. um, had money on their oyster. They used up the oyster mm-hmm. and then wanted to have a meal. Yeah. But they were, they didn't have nothing. Yeah. So what they done was they refunded that oyster. Mm-hmm. What is it? You can get five pounds for some, it. So, somebody's told me this. I've never seen it in action, but you can do something to get money back off your oyster. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so the oyster becomes void. Okay. It'll be just a. You can't top it up again. Okay. Cool. It'll be invalid. Okay. So someone actually had to 
cancel their oyster and then just get that five pounds oh, wow. back for them to get a meal. Okay. I was thinking, wow, that's that's really deep. Mm-hmm. You know? We hear things like that quite often. That people are, are going to extremes just to be able to get a meal. And it's it's a hard thing to, to listen to at the end of the day. It really is. But then you think to yourself, you see that same person or maybe someone else that can't afford to get a meal, but they're wearing a thousand pound jacket. Where does that, what does that tell you all? We can't assume that they bought it. It could have been given to them. Yeah. Or, yeah. But sometimes what is the reality to think most things? I know I have a view, but I'll, I'll, I'll let Saeed All right, let's first. let Saeed chip into this because he's been, he's been, I'm not going to lie, he's been quiet. He's yeah. been, he's no, been chilling. He's there, he's there. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, been man. observing, he's been observing. <laughs> uh, that's just, don't be afraid, man. Speak what's in your chest. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm speaking from the heart, man. Uh, yes, that's, that's just, like you said, we don't, it depends on the, the situation, depends on the context. If they actually bought that jacket, then that's clear, just... It's you know, just spending your last time, yeah. You're just spending your last time to, to maybe impress other people. Maybe I don't know. So, what would you tell the person that you did see wearing uh, a designer jacket and they can't afford the meal deal? Uh, they might. They should. And just, you know this person. What would you tell them? If the jacket's theirs. I just tell them to refund that jacket, and <laughs> rethink their life, life decisions. Because, yeah, that, that's a downhill slope. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like you asked before, uh, what's the worst case I've seen is probably. Because uh, people tend to think that only broke people are the ones who are who have bad money management. But mm. I've seen people who are earning a lot yeah. and still living like paycheck to paycheck yeah. because they don't know. Like maybe their disposable income has increased, but then they just spend that larger amount rather than thinking about where to put it away or save it. Uh, I don't know if Carl, you've dealt with uh, any people like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um... Absolutely. And uh, there's been large periods of time in my own life where I've bought things probably at times where I shouldn't have. And and I think that's what allows me to be good at my job is understanding that sometimes you just have this need of, I want this item over everything. Because things like rent, you can't, even though you live in that house every day, you can't see it. It's hard to see. So we start to make financial decisions on things that are tangible, things you can touch. And it's it's not a it's not a good thing. But then you you asked the question earlier about what do, what do you say to people who who have lavish stuff but can't afford to eat? You know, sometimes I've had conversations with people where they're like, "Money was fine. I never saw a problem coming." So they end up spending their money on lavish things because they have a good cash flow. And if you buy a pair of trainers for a thousand pound, let's say, and you lose your job three years later, you still got the trainers. What are you gonna do? Not wear them. So you wear the lavish trainers. Now you've gone broke. You've got a lot of nice stuff in your household. You've got a lot of nice clothes. People now think you've got bad money management. They don't realise that something dramatic has happened, but you've still got the goods. So you can still wear them. They're still yours. So it's, 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 my job is never really to judge somebody on their appearance. It is to open up conversations. So if somebody is telling me they're broke and then they're also telling me in that same sentence, they're leaving here to go to uh, Selfridges to buy themselves some new stuff. That's when I I will jump in. But if somebody's saying I've had these things for years and finances just change, then the conversation changes. Conversation mm-hmm. changes. It, it changes. Yeah. True. Yeah. I get what you mean. But if yeah. you're really broke mm-hmm. and you got all these lavish things, surely you'd think about reselling the stuff that you have that have yeah. that still hold on to value. A- absolutely. And I think what what ends up happening is people 
people get very precious about how much they pay for something and how much the resale value is. So they might say, oh, I paid a thousand pounds for this footwear. I've only worked through times, but if I try to sell it, it's only 200 pounds. So they'll rather hold on to it. And like I said, that is a, that's a conversation to be had. If they see their financial situation changing and they see it getting better and stronger in a, in a short period of time, then they, they don't have to get to that dramatic place of trying to sell stuff. But if it's the case of survival, you can't pay your rent, if you've got things of value, then maybe you can go down, down that route. But not without, not without conversation, not without understanding, not without thinking about what is the best thing to do. Mm, yeah, 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 that's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's tough. Yeah, it, it is, it is. Yeah. They're hard conversations. They're never easy. Like when I'm having, I have these conversations week by week. They're never easy. But my job is not really to care about how easy the conversation is. It's about doing the job. I think if, if you're thinking about money money management, the best thing to do obviously is to have a plan. Yeah. Because that's the only time you're really going to think about saving money. Um, I don't know what kind of plan you, you, you advise people on, like what, what path to take starting off because if you don't have a goal then yeah. you're not, you're going to look at the money that you have saved there and just end up spending That's, it yeah we got a part of the accreditation where it's all about um it is my my uh, goal setting what is my financial goal so i w- would ask the question what do you want to achieve over the next five years and they have to show in different steps how they are going to get there so you will get some people say they want to own their own shop and they want to sell food but at the moment, they're not employed whatsoever. So that's where they will start. They will start with trying to gain employment, trying to be able to save an amount of money, thinking about getting a business loan, thinking about saving enough to open up their own shop, whatever the path that will get them there. So that we literally talk about thinking about the future in the present. So that is part of what we do. Yeah, it's so hard to try to set goals when you're basically in the middle of life and you've got things that you already have to pay for. But that, that's the only time you set goals. So yeah. goals are to be set for something you don't have right now. You don't set goals in something you've already achieved. Of course not. So, so it's kind of like, actually, that, so when a young person says that to me, that's kind of what I say to them. It's like, it don't matter how well you're doing in life, your goal is always something that is not within reach right now. So you just work towards it. That's true. A lot of this is, a, is about, their mind, about people's mindsets. And not just young people. It's about when you are feeling rubbish or not feeling great, it tends to feel like the task is harder. But the task is always the same. It's about trying to get to somewhere that you're not at yet. So it's kind of just reassuring their minds. I personally think, I agree with what you said, by yeah. the way. Um, quality stuff. As- <laughs> <laughs> I try, I talk a good game. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I, I think there's other, other things that contribute to it. So you can come in and talk about, you know, you do this, do that, have this plan. I'll see you once a week. But then again, once they leave you, their circle or that or their friendship circle is toxic, or they're yeah. all the same yeah. in terms of being unemployed, unmotivated, yeah. and have no ambition. So, so your 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 time is not being wasted, but it's just it kind of makes it much more difficult for you to work yeah. with that person because I, I I wish I had the statistic, but I don't. But uh, working with my bank and the money house specifically um has brought down young people's evictions so actually where sometimes it might feel like you're not being listened to because young people just want to go back to normal lives when they're faced with it in reality they've learned something now so their mind will make a different decision than if they never spoke about this so when i saw my first council tax bill when i was 18 years old 
I did not know what it was, so I didn't pay it. If I had done, I'm not playing. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pay my council tax bill until that council tax letter turned into a court date. I was like, oh, <laughs> they don't play like Halifax. Halifax just kept sending me letter after letter after letter. Not council tax. No, they yeah. sent me two letters and the next one was a court date. So now if I had that understanding, I would have never have not paid it because I understood, I would have had that understanding of how serious it was because I had other debts that I just refused to pay and nothing really happened. But when you start to get an education of um, what is priority from non-priority, which is also a conversation that we have, then you start to realise like when you're faced with it in reality, you have to make a different decision to, to what you would have. That's true. Yeah. So it's it feels it can feel like waste of time, but it's it's really not. And that's what the job has taught me. Oh, definitely, it's not waste yeah. of time. But some people you might get some people say, you know what, I'm paying for all these things. Yeah. I have nothing left over, and I'm not enjoying my life whilst I'm young. Yeah, and it's just like hard conversation. It's a, it's a conversation that needs to be had, and I'm like I, I say, like so I said earlier. I'm 36, I'm old. And then you respond and say, you're not old. And that's exactly the conversation we need to have. I'm saying, to, you're like 18 years old. Like, this is the period of your life where you are going to make sure that when you get to 36 years old, that you're you're, you're going to be booming, making the good decisions now for the future. Yeah, but yeah. someone say someone might say tomorrow's not promised. Yeah. So they're yeah. trying to live their life in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Because you might, you're, you're telling me I'm going to see 36. Yeah. You could be right. Yeah. Or you could be wrong. Yeah. Whatever could happen between now and then, yeah. you can't predict. So that's why they say, some people say, spend all your money or use your money, enjoy your money because your life is yeah. just not, tomorrow's not promised. And it's not good to save everything of your money mm -hmm. and not spend some of it to yeah. enjoy your life. So what, what do you think about that? Because you're just basically teaching the basics of being uh, in survival mode. You know... I pretty much say this to every group I've worked with. Um, I grew up 20 minutes away from the city, but my neighbour would say they grew up in the hood. And it's up to you what you set your eyes on when you look at the window. At the end of the day, I grew up in an environment where I was never sure if I was going to reach 36, but I'm here. So I always end up saying to young people, what if you're wrong? What if you are going to live until you're 90 years old? Like, it's all well and good spending now in the moment, but most of us, our life expectancy is like 85 years old. That's what our life expectancy is. So it's more than that. Sorry? I thought it was more. No, no, no. That's what that's our life expectancy. What we're people do live longer, obviously. Um, but our life expectancy is around 85. So prepare to live that long. When is retirement? Retirement is 68. <laughs> 68. So, yeah. so let's just say 70. Let's round it up. You want to round it up? You want to change? No, you want to change it from what it is? Let me tell you something. My retirement is 68. I ain't retiring at 70. No, <laughs> just because you want to round it up. I don't want to retire at 70, but we're just saying, let's just... Oh, man. Seven, 68 is... 70 is old, man. That is... I, yeah, it is... Even 68. 68 is really old, man. But but here's the thing. What I, I've always had a problem with retiring at 68. Well, when I was younger, it was 65, yeah? So I always had a problem with it. They keep pushing it up, two years. Yeah, well, I, do, you know, do you know what pushes it up? No. Life expectancy. So if you're expected uh, to live longer, you're expected to work longer. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you know what? I always used to hate that concept. And then I said to myself, but when you're old, what are you doing with all your time? That's what they say, <laughs> Yeah, what are you doing? Like, they say, I'm, when you're young, you got all the energy, yeah. but no money. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're old, you got all the money, but no energy. No so. energy. But, but 
So, but I do believe that you can still work at these ages. And if you're not working, you're just watching daytime TV and <laughs> QVC and spending up all the money on all these things that you see. Where actually, the concept in my mind has changed. Like, I wouldn't actually mind working now because but I have when, to do something with my life. When you're 60, 68, you mean? Or I, I don't want... What I would love is that I've got lots and lots of money. I don't have to do anything. But if I haven't, I do want to do something with what I think is much more precious than money, which is my time. And I want to be able... That skydiving. That's 68. I, I don't you know that do... no skydiving. I'm, I've got a fair aeroplane. <laughs> um, but, but, Scuba diving. But then. basically... <laughs> can't swim. <laughs> No, but basically, what what I'm, I, I guess I'm trying to say is when I'm talking to young people, it is about preparing them. And I, of course, I have. I'm, like, one of the main things I always say is I'm, I've been young myself. These are all the things I've said. You're still young. Stop saying sorry, I've, sorry, been, sorry. I've been I've been young. Sorry, it's sorry. Mindset, I, agree, I agree with you. It's a mindset. <laughs> and I, I still believe, I believe that I'm young now. That's it. Yeah. But what I'm, I'm saying, when I was younger... Um, I asked all of these questions and I was uh, I used to challenge people with my questions. And what I'm, I've now realised going through the motions, going through the years, living independently, being a parent, is that everything that I was being told has come true. It was the way that I was being told that probably didn't make me listen. I was just being told, like my parents would say to me, save money, but no reason why. They're not really preparing me for what's to come. And now in the conversations that I have, it's about opening up the conversation so much that they can ask me in detail, what do you do? Why? How much money do you earn? I answer all these questions that most people in their adult life don't want to answer. But who do you ask these questions to? Who do I... When I was younger, I used to ask yeah. it to my, my, my elders, my adults, teachers, everybody. What? How much do you earn? Yeah. That, and I would, I, would get, I would get told I would off. get the look of death. Yeah, yeah I, I feel, like, I it's a, said I feel that. like it's a taboo question. You yeah. can't, really, can't <laughs> really put that to them. They won't answer you. They won't answer, but in the beginning of my sessions, I say this to them. Ask me whatever question you think is going to be benefit to you. Mm. A benefit to you. And I'm yet to come across a question that has been too invasive. And I've been asked everything. The thing is, what I... Yeah. What I personally have been told is to not compare yourself to others because yeah. we, we all have our own journey yeah, we all absolutely. have yeah um doesn't mean because you're on x amount that i should be on this on the same mm-hmm. or maybe high or lower whatever it yeah. is um if you end up looking at others you'll just forget to focus on yourself yeah and yeah. it's just uh like i'm saying there's no straight path to life you're always gonna you're gonna find times you're gonna be feeling great and sometimes you're gonna be in your lowest points yeah but it is it is like refocusing young people's minds and getting them to be to be open and be honest, because it is that honesty that gets you to the place of what you really need to fix or well, I mean fix is probably the wrong word but work on to to develop, and I I just think that I I love my job. Look, I wish my job paid a million pound a year. I, I'll be absolutely real, but the job itself. If I was earning millions or had millions, it's still a job I would want to do because the types of conversations that I'm having, they're so helpful that young people come back. I've been stopped in the street by young people that I I can't remember. I've worked with so many. Oh, you came to my school. I've done this, that and the other. And that's like, that's like the best thing that can happen. But generally what I'm saying is it has an impact because they're able to ask questions that like when I was young, I couldn't ask people how much they earn. I couldn't even ask what was tax and what did it do? Like I couldn't ask, and I think it was because my elders didn't even know what it done. 
So they didn't want to get asked the question. Yeah, I just clocked your trainers right now. Oh yeah, I, I just went, oh, it's yeah. a massive subject in my workplace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a massive subject. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Yeah. the lubes, the lubes. Yeah, man. it's always, yeah. it's always, it's always a conversation, and I always wear them. So I, I, I would walk around schools in, in what is known as expensive footwear. Mm, and mm. people would be like, you're coming here to talk about money management. How are you wearing expensive footwear? That's how I was footwear? thinking as well, yeah. Yeah. They don't ask me how much was my uh, jeans that cost like £6 from ASOS or my T-shirt that cost yeah. £7. Boxing say, Day sales. It's not what? even even Boxing Day sales. I go to cheap places to buy a lot of stuff. I just like particular type of footwear. No footwear that I buy is plain and simple. And that's the reason it ends up being a lot. I'm, they're studded. They've got leopard print footwear, shiny footwear. I'm buying them for, for two reasons. I don't buy trainers in the same way everybody everybody else does. So I will wait a long period of time then buy a pair of footwear and they just happen to build up and last long. And I like my footwear to stand out. That's just, just that's me. And I can, when I buy it, I can afford it. Hmm. Yeah. Like something might go majorly wrong in life and then I'm struggling for finance, but I can afford it. It's fine. I can pay all my bills. Just about. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> you uh, know, child care, child care. Oh man, yeah, yeah, don't start with child care. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you said you wish your job paid a million pounds. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask in terms of your money management, mm-hmm. if someone's to give you a million pounds right now, mm-hmm. what are you doing with it? The very what? first thing I would do. Yeah. yeah? So I, get, I ask this question every week. I lie every week. <laughs> what I mean is, I lie the order. No, no, ask the same question to say. I, yeah, no, no, right. I, li- I lie the order, not necessarily what I would do. I, would, I always say I would pay off the mortgage first, which is less than a million pounds. Um, and then I would buy probably expensive footwear. The truth is, I'll probably buy the expensive footwear first. And I'm not saying... How uh, much would you spend on uh, that? On footwear? Oh, not... not a, a very low percentage of the money. I'm talking oh, a, so couple, a couple of pairs of designer footwear are probably the first thing I did and then I would pay off the mortgage. And you still have some change left. I will, I will then start to look at investing money and things like that. But that, that is because I now have a million pounds. Right. No, after the footwear and paying off the mortgage, you won't have a million. Well, I, w- I would have had a million pounds. So the, yeah. the conversation would, would about you how I- Would you any pro- family members or- No. No. <laughs> Okay. No. <laughs> Look at my face. No, no, no. 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 Okay. All right. I give, I give education. I don't grand, give money. Little ten grand here. No, I give education. I give people. No, you give I knowledge. give people knowledge, words of wisdom, things to. to look, I'm, I'm always going to help people who are in financial difficulty. I do that now with not having a lot of money. But really and truly, I think having knowledge is so much more beneficial than just having the money. Okay. So I can buy a million pound car and it can just depreciate <laughs> and I can crash it and then the money's gone. That's true. I want knowledge. That is smart. Yeah. yeah. So, would you keep it a secret if someone did give you a million, or would you tell close family members? You know, I always say I will keep it a secret, but reality hits in it, and sometimes you might you might tell one person and then think, oh, I've told this person, I'll tell another. But in in truth, I would I would love to keep that a secret and just be financially free and just not tell a soul. Is it enough to be financially free? A million? I don't. No, I want time. So. What I, I want in life so. is time, nah, not money. So. Oh, a million, a million pounds. Like, but sorry, yes. sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, millions nowhere near enough, man. Come on, speaking from experience. Oh, something we've missed. <laughs> nowhere close. <laughs> nowhere close. <laughs> All right, go I on. Wish. You tell me, side. So, uh, what would you do with a million if you had, if someone was to give it to you um, there and then? Being honest, yeah, I probably go on holiday, man. I'll be, I'll be real with you, like from the get go. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be honest. So, 
But um, the large can, can majority. I, can I ask where you would go? Like an interrupt. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, you're not sure. Okay. You know, I'm, uh, like Bora Bora or something like that. Yeah, somewhere warm. It's, okay. it's a bit cold here right now. <laughs> so, sorry, I interrupted you. I'm just being nosy. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, um, but the large majority. Yeah, I'm, I'm renting right now. So the first thing I'd look to do is probably get on the property ladder. So yeah, investments. I'll, I'll definitely do that. But like, yeah, like you're asking, is it enough to be financially free? Probably not. You'd need to. Uh, it'd be a good start to to getting somewhere to, mm. to to having financial freedom. That's true. But it's not enough yeah. at all. But then again, financial freedom is what you think, uh, what you could live with comfortably. So but, if you have a high standard mm. of of uh, living, mm. then for you, financially free might mean you'd have to have an income of um, let's just say x amount of money come no. in each month or if you're a person who doesn't really care you're you're content with the bare minimum then you don't really need a lot of income no. flowing in every month for you to be free I, I guess financial freedom freedom is easily explained by your money outlasting your life so if you go that's, next that's generational yeah. wealth right well generational wealth is about um, making sure you've got money to be passed on to your loved ones after yeah. you've departed yeah financial freedom is if my outgoings are a thousand pound a month, do I have enough money stored in the bank that I never have to work again if I keep my outgoings at a thousand pound a month? That's what financial freedom is. In my life, I don't think a million pounds will last me to the end of my life with yeah. the way I spend money. But that's what financial freedom is. I'd imagine it'd be in the, like the tens of millions, probably, like at this age. Tens of millions. Yeah. But from now to you, from to, now, to, to from now departure. To, to the, departure. Yeah, the, yeah. Departure. Boarding pass ready. <laughs> to, 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 to yeah, I definitely think it'd be somewhere in that range, man. Yeah. Honestly. Mm. What would you want to set up something for when you do depart for someone to inherit, or are you like, nah, forget that. I'm spending it all for for a go. Um, <laughs> I don't have any kids at the moment so I can't really say you know? so you know what I always say um, I'm hoping I die an old man and if I'm an old man my kids ain't young so really and truly you don't want to spoon feed them or do you with knowledge yes with money I don't want to I, I, I do have this conversation I'll be really honest with you where I say if I'm, I'm I've, got, I've got life insurance I'm worth more dead than I am alive, like a lot of people with life insurance, yeah? So if I die now, my kids become financially stable. I'm more than financially stable. They, they gain from my death. But if I'm 85 years old, my youngest child's 18 months, you do the maths, yeah? They're, they're in their adulthood. They don't, they shouldn't need my money. I kind of look and say, I think I failed as a parent if I'm dying at 85 years old and my, my child is still financially dependent on me. So in a way, I want to be able to spend all my money. Do I want them to be financially stable? And will they be financially stable because some of the decisions I made on their behalf, that's what I'm hoping for. That I've helped them along the way more than they have to see me die in order to gain. Because mm. now I, I'm lucky enough to own my own home, um, which now means that uh, one of my parents is still alive. So it means that I don't have to depend on the departure of one of my parents in order to financially gain. I would hate that to be the reason why I've I've mm. elevated in life. So yeah, that's true. the knowledge she gave me is is helped. And, and my father. My father passed away when I was very young, but they gave me a, a lot of knowledge, man. I'm blessed. Yeah, knowledge you can't you can't buy. Oh, really, man, you can't buy this. It's time. It's that's all I want in life is just more time. Just I, I enjoy life enough that I want more time. They say you get younger because you're closer to the to your Is that what they say? Yeah, because when you Young yeah. people say, well, I'm getting older. 
Technically, yeah. you're getting younger because your time is running out. Oh wow! <laughs> I like that one. You know? I know a full about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit that deep. somehow. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna make that sound like it was mine. Like yeah. I made it. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at doing that. <laughs> <laughs> take credit for it, you know? Yeah, I think I'm gonna take credit for that, man. Yeah, but scary. No, that's a that's a good one. I, I I like that. That's a good conversation. But I I just generally just to to reiterate what what we do at my bank, it is literally trying to cover all bases, man, and trying to reach them. The younger, the better. That If we can get to them at five, six, seven years old. What do you teach a five-year-old about money management? What do you teach a five-year-old? Yeah, how... Because you said, things, you said like, you start from five. So, um, one of the biggest things is, like, delayed gratification, where, um, I don't know if you've seen the example with the marshmallows, where they put them in front of children and say, you can have one marshmallow now, or you can wait half an hour and you get two marshmallows later. It's like a simple tool just to teach the younger generation that, Sometimes when you're more patient or when you invest in something, you invested your time, you get more out of life. So you just keep it simple. How's a five-year-old going to understand? I'm going to ask you a weird question. Can you remember things when you were five years old? Like, can you look back in your life and there's things when you were five? You're like, you know what? I remember that. Look. Yeah, I do. Definitely. I can remember some stuff. We remember, we, like, we discred- as we get older, we discredit ourselves for how much we know. So my earliest memory is like a Michael Jackson thriller video. Yeah. yeah. And whenever I told my mum this, she was like, you were like 18 months years old. How do you remember that? And I'm like, I don't know, but I remember it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was that good. I do. I swear. It was that, that good. good. Or oh, that scary to me, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, we do, we do remember things. And as we get older, we just forget how much we remember. Yeah. And I'm, when I'm in my education position, I'm talking to people, I'm always saying, I know what I was like when I was 11. I know what I was like when I was eight. I don't talk to them from my adult point of view because they ain't got there yet. So I start where they are. And I, I, I recognise in myself what I was like at that age and I start mm. there. Yeah, that's true. Now, for me, yeah. for example, I was told to save, but not... F- I was like, what's the reason? Yeah. They're like, oh, you never know. You Rainy never day. Know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like mum, it rains every day. I've been spending money every day. What's happening here? <laughs> and... I, and that's what I do now. I replace all of those things with actual conversations. So if I'm having a conversation with someone where we're talking about saving money for a rainy day, um, well, number one, I don't use that term. I'm saying, imagine you've got your your finances perfect and you've got your lovely car and you drive it and you go to the, the West End to go to Harrods because you've got money and you park your car and you come back and you get a ticket. And what you didn't realise is on the way there, you got flashed and you got another ticket. Now, you've got to find £120 that's not in your budget. That's what people are talking about when they talk about rainy days. They're saying sometimes you get hit with some finance you didn't know it was coming and can you cover it? Do you have the money stored for mistakes? So that's the definition of a rainy day. That's how I look at it because yeah, I've been yeah. hit with some of these, oh, fines. <laughs> yeah. When you don't pay in this country, it's they don't parking. say they don't say to you, oh, it's okay, don't worry, pay a little bit. No, they, they add charges. Yeah, and they make, make sure, sure you, you feel it. You don't forget it. But yeah. some people tend to, you know, pile up their parking tickets. Because we can't afford to pay them. Or sometimes you just don't agree with the fact that, but some, if you can't afford it, it don't matter if your budget's perfect for what you thought was going to happen. But then again, if you're driving a certain car, yeah. you're thinking at least you'd be able to afford the parking ticket if you've got the latest car. Even though it's on finance, even though you're Is paying that the for way it we're monthly. Taught? Not taught. Is that the way we live though? Most people stretch themselves to their maximum what to please society no 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 like because i don't know why i don't know why other people do it i no, can only speak for me but i'm just saying yeah. people tend to have the latest car yeah and they go to the late to the most popular places because they want to get approval 
or they feel good. It makes them feel it great. It makes them feel good. I can start there. Yeah. I, 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 I like in life the feeling of new. When something is new, it's like, have you ever got like a pair of like new Air Force Ones and you treat them like, like they're a god? And then all of a sudden, three months later, you're throwing your Air Force Ones at the bedroom. Like people like the feeling of new. And well, I can talk for me and I like the feeling of new. So what ends up happening is when you get money coming in, when you get pay rises, straight away we, st- we start to look at where we can spend that money. My mind has changed. I look at where I can invest this money to make more money. I don't always do it. Like it, it's because I open up my computer and Instagram is telling me what I looked at last week. And now I've got the money for it, so I'm going to buy it. And that's that's the, the nature of how we live as humans. We stretch ourselves to our maximum. Nah, social media is dangerous, man. <laughs> it can be good if you're yeah. a business owner, you're trying to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're just um, a person out there just connecting to friends yeah. and you want to find out what's the latest trends, yeah. um, you can Being on in. social media helps me with my life and my job. It, Keep it up read, with the local... It, it may, like, Denzel Washington's got a famous sentence where he, he says, if you read the paper you're misinformed. But if you don't read it, you're not informed. So in a way- That's from training day, right? Um, I think so. He says it on a red carpet. I oh, think he says it on the red carpet as well. He said it on the red carpet oh, as okay. where- as I where from a movie. He might be in a movie as well. Yeah. But I definitely know he says it on the red carpet. And yeah. and I guess wh- why I mentioned that is because I, I tend to turn to social media to understand what's going on in the world. It doesn't mean that I agree or it influences me. But when I'm talking to young people, now when they're saying something happened, I can keep, up with the conversation so trying to keep up with trying to modern keep up with day society yeah. so are you, are you on tiktok um I, yeah but yeah. i never I'll, 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 I'll be honest facebook i'm on that's that's like yes standard. it's it's kind of standard for everybody your parents are on there uh the one that i'm i'm definitely on is instagram i'm on instagram quite a lot but um i'm not proud of that like there are times where i want to delete it and because i'm spending too much time on it and it gets in the way but it's also, it's an educational tool. It gives me what's going on in the world. Okay. And that's, it's so it's so helpful to know what's going on in the world. But yeah. don't let it consume you is what I say to people. I agree. Do you think money management and time management go hand in hand? What's your view Ooh, on that? Do they go hand in I definitely know they're both important. Oh yeah, 100%. Do they go hand in hand? Don't know. I just know they're both important. And I don't know which one's more important. I think, I think time management's more important. Than, time management. than money management. I'm just, yeah, no, knowing where you're at, I think is is probably more important than money management. Yeah. I think, I think. What but they're you... both important. It doesn't mean that you don't do one just because you've got the other. That's true. Yeah. What do you think, Saeed? Yeah, I definitely can. It, it's like bad time management can affect you in a lot more ways, I think. Yeah. How are you going to get to to work if you can't manage your time? How are you going to do your work? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You can't do that and then you can't earn money. Yeah. Oh, I, I, Sim- I simple as, yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, so for those who are uh, watching, because mm-hmm. the whole point we're trying to raise awareness, yeah. we're not really giving, we're not telling people what to do okay. or how to do it. Okay, but hopefully through our conversation, people can actually take away yeah. a few things, and if they want, they can implement it. If not, yeah. they can they can choose not to. Okay. Um, so if you had to advise someone, what would you do? Because we just want to wrap it up. Okay, um, a summary, of sorts. a summary of sorts. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess some of the most to those who are things. watching. Yeah, yeah. I've, of course, I think some of the some of the most important things I would say is don't be scared to turn for help if you feel like things are getting out of hand, if you feel like you're struggling. Like one of the things is I don't I realise is so many people don't want to talk about their money. Um, especially when it's hard. Some people don't want to talk when it's good either. Um mm-hmm. 
own what you do. So we had a conversation about the fact that I'm wearing Louboutins. Like, I'm not going to pretend. But I will, like, if I buy these Louboutins and I'm struggling financially, I will own that I made that decision. There's yeah. nobody else to blame. I've done this. I know I've done it at a time <laughs> when I shouldn't have. If I did it when I shouldn't Bro, have. Bro, you're looking good anyway. So no, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. All right, you, stop you, it you, now. No, 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 right. no. I'm saying, uh, what I'm basically saying, yeah. you would get credit for the Louboutins because they're Louboutins sometimes. And I, I, I sometimes don't agree with that. But I do mm. agree with that. Owning the things that you do in life. Don't be scared to say, I made a bad decision. I don't want to make that decision again. Um, And we, it's all well and good saying to people, look, Instagram is fake. And we know that there's people put their perfect lives on Instagram. Um, And I, I actually do this on Instagram on purpose. I got an outfit that I like. And every time I wear it, I post it because it's my Instagram, basically the same outfit all the time. And I make, I said, I added a hat this time. So it's a different outfit. I added a necklace <laughs> this time. It's a different outfit. So basically in a, in a jokey way, sort of say to the world, it's, like, I might look good in that particular outfit. But it's the same clothes, man. It's crazy. Do you know what? You yeah. get people who actually take every post. Like, I can't wear this t-shirt because I've already wore it before. I ain't doing and then that. How many posts are you going to put up? I'm not doing that. I, I will wear my... I say to people, if my trainers cost 500 pounds, I'm going to wear them 500, ta- 500 times at minimum. Each time. Yeah, a, a pound a of wear per- for everything I own. Mm. A pound of wear. If I'm not going to wear it that many times, I'm not buying. So I will rinse my clothes. It's like real talk. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of my clothes get down to a penny. That's how much I wear them. Um, but no, to, to not to not drift. It's basically own, owning what you do. Don't be scared to turn for help. Rarely do a budget each month. Who would you advise to turn to? Her? Is, so there's obviously my bank who are doing great work. Yeah. But is there any other? My bank, agencies? my bank, my bank, my bank. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I'm old jokes aside. Yeah. Um, there are other agencies that, that some of them have slipped my mind at the moment. But they like Google is your friend. You can, you can turn to Google, you can type things in, you can go on YouTube, you can learn a lot of stuff, stuff that we couldn't do. Sorry, I can't think of organisations off the top of my head. They are, they are definitely out there. But um, my, my, my bank is here to help, man, and we work with a wide range of, of young people, man. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe if you think of these organisations, yeah. you can actually just send them through and I'll put them in the oh, description. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Put them in the description link below. Um, absolutely. So you yeah, can access them. Not an issue at all. I can speak to my bank itself and say what organisations we work with as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What's the, what's the last last question? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of being on survival mode, how what's the least you can survive on in London, would you say, if you had to do the bare basics of just eating, drinking? It depends how you want to live. I, I think, see a video on YouTube, yeah. someone was trying to survive off a pound a day. A day? Yeah. It, Literally, one pound. Did they do it? I think they did. Yeah. Did you watch that video? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. I haven't I, seen I, actually. I think they did, yeah. And what that tells you, is you can survive on a pound a day. Do you want to survive on a pound a day? Does anybody know? But it's it's about what it is you are bringing into your life and what you need to. So if you've got a child, you can't survive on a pound a day because some of the things you need to provide for them is a pound is, is not going to stretch it. But you as an independent person, depending on how you want to live, you can do it. And I think that is the main conversation that we need to have with, with the any generation is what can you afford and if you don't if you can't afford it how do we think about increasing your income mm-hmm. and those two questions they're fine and be be brave enough to talk about it man and ask, seek and ask for help when you need it now, a lot of people have a lot of um ego when they talk about their I personal know, it's... financial circumstances they feel like they're going to be judged and and it's part of, part of my job that's not written in in the contract is is to do that 
Let's do that. We'll wrap up now. And um, thank you for both for joining. Anything you want to say, Saeed, before we... Uh, no, once again, thank you for having us. Okay. Uh, learned a lot today. Cool. Taking a lot of points in from Carl. Thank you. Uh, all right. We've all learned from each other. All right, yeah. great. <laughs> so that's another episode for today. If you've enjoyed it, please comment, like, and subscribe. And that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Thank you.